Hello everyone, welcome to Untitled Creative, the podcast where we talk about everything creative, growth and mindset. I am your host Michelle and I hope you guys are not hungry because today we're going to be discussing everything there is to know about food blogging with Nikita Oscar. Nikita is a content creator for Big Bite Halal, so she is sharing her food guide on Instagram for the best halal spots in Perth. Nikita has such a strong personal growth journey that I really wanted to share on my podcast and also has incredible creative skills as well. So I hope you guys take a lot out of this episode and also enjoy. Hello, Nikita. Hi. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. (laughs) (laughs) How was your week? My week has been crazy, Mm -hmm. but um, yesterday I had... Um, a little bit of an off day, so that was nice. Time yeah, to, you know, time to relax. relax. <laughs> now I'm here, busy, busy schedule today. Yeah, so. I am so excited to have you on. Thank you. Um, we know each other through work. Yeah, um, but we found out that we both ran foodie pages. I know, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, but tell me a little bit about what you do, like every day. Every day, oh, I work nine to five. Mm-hmm. You know, Monday to Friday, but. I also run a food blog on Instagram, um, a halal food blog mm-hmm. um, called Big Bite Halal. So um, over there, I post food reviews and just kind of give my audience ideas on where to go for halal food. Yeah. And I try to like broaden um, their their horizons and their mind um, in in terms of halal eating. So yeah, mm-hmm. cool. So if you were to explain to me in three words three of your values, what would they be? This is a hard question, honestly. Um, I feel like I'm a person that's like, um, I just, I change how I um, set my mind a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's just all to do with personal growth. But I would say um, my main value is um, passion. Um, You got to love what you do. Um, Yeah. So yeah, you just got to love what you do. You got to enjoy what you're doing. Um, Otherwise, you know, it's, it kind of becomes meaningless after a while. Um, my second one would probably be, um, open-mindedness. So like the, the keen interest to just, you know, learn new things, meet new people and sort of assume that with everyone that you meet, that there's something that they can, um, you know, that you can learn from them, if that makes sense. Um, and then the last one is learning, of course, like just always in that growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find it interesting because most of my guests actually say learning as one of their values as well. So Yeah, I think a lot of people have the same values, which is really interesting. Um, I'm going to take it fully back. Mm -hmm. What was it like growing up? Um, Were you creative when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, yeah, I would say I was pretty creative growing up. I remember when I was a kid, I used to draw heaps and I see that same behavior in my little sisters. Mm -hmm. I used to draw heaps. I used to make like cartoons and fashion snippets and ideas and I would show everyone and I would sing in the car all the time and I would like make songs um I would also yeah just like yeah draw things I wanted to be a singer at some stage I wanted to be a fashion designer at some stage um and I wanted to be a makeup artist at some stage I made like you know that YouTube channel that we all made like in you know 2009 or something so you had a little YouTube yeah, channel I oh did. My God. like it never took off like, yeah <laughs> it was just like a place for me to like make um beauty videos and like upload them and I deleted everything so Mm -hmm. don't go finding me um but yeah like growing up definitely was a creative person um I just never knew sort of like what I wanted to do until maybe about this year early this uh, no last year mid last year 
um, and that sort of solidified earlier this year. So, and yeah. what have you kind of found this year that you kind of wanted to do? Um, I realized in making content, I really wanted to um, make informative and engaging content. You know how on social media. Um, there's a lot of stuff about making engaging, informative, and what was the last one? Do you know? It's like informative, engaging, and something content. Yeah. Um, but really um, holding on to the informative part, mm-hmm. I think that's what um, I'm a very values-driven um, person, so I really wanted to make content that um, is educational for the audience but also engaging and inspiring. So I think that's somewhat encapsulated, like, what I wanted to do in those keywords, hopefully. Um, and so, yeah, I want to sort of broaden my food blog to become a almost halal media outlet um, where I not only do food reviews, but I think I want to start um, storytelling. Um, I've met a lot of people um, through the food, the foodie business. Um, I've spoken to a lot of the owners and the managers and the workers there, and a lot of them have such beautiful stories um, in terms of, you know, how they started their business where they came from, a lot of them are migrants, um, starting off their business in Australia. So it's really inspiring to see, you know, someone who really went from nothing to something and started to create something for themselves. And I think in a way that also encourages my audience to come and support their businesses too. So I think that's something that I definitely want to roll out this year. Um, And just, you know, broadening that little media outlet idea. I'm not sure what I want to do just yet, but I think that's sort of my next piece. That is absolutely amazing. Like, that is so inspiring. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so, I know we both grew up um, with Indonesian backgrounds. Do you think that also influenced um, who you are today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think growing up, like, um, you know, our Indonesian culture, like, it's still very strong despite um, migrating here. My mom still cooks me a lot of my home food. And we used to go back every single year before COVID. Um, and just over there, like, just seeing almost the, the, the difference in wealth distribution, that was, a, that was a big part of, like, why I wanted to kind of encourage and bring to light the stories of um, these workers or the owners that are starting the businesses because mm-hmm. um, a lot of them obviously – you know, they may have had um, a wealthy past in their hometowns, but over here it's a little bit of a struggle um, to kind of, you know, grow a little bit. So I think that's kind of why I wanted to support these small businesses and kind of showcase the value of eating there and supporting them. Um, just because I wanted to, yeah, just just make everything kind of, um, yeah, just support them really. I don't know how to, I've never actually said that out loud. So yeah. apologies, apologies if that was like rambling. <laughs> no, um, it wasn't at yeah. all. I understand that fully though at university actually I learned about power distances and in Australia we have such a small power distance in comparison to Indonesia exactly and it's really sad because when you go over there you see a lot of children like on the streets and things and a lot of them have parents who do own like restaurants and Mm -hmm. things like that and um have like little warungs and stuff like that so yeah I completely understand that absolutely Um, when we first met up to talk, you shared a lot about yourself and like shared it so freely with me. And I love that so much. And that's why I think we connected so yeah. well. Um, do you feel that you have grown a lot in the last few years? Oh yeah, definitely. I think the last few years was definitely transformative for me. Um, I was going through a lot of um, like, I guess, personal rediscovery as well as a person. So um 
I'm not like I think I've told you before, but I, growing up I wasn't Muslim, and so in the past few years, that's when uh, you know I became Muslim, and through that, um, it sort of made me kind of had to find myself again, you know, like trying to come to terms with this new identity that I now have. Um, and with that, like just reforming um, and rediscovering the values that were important to me, um, how I wanted to live my life, etc. And, you know, just like, what do I do next? So it was a very, very transformative time for mm-hmm. me in the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of led you to Islam and like learning about all of Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's such a deep question. Mm. Oh, God. Um, you know, I was growing up, I, I was Buddhist. Um, or like not not really Buddhist my family was Buddhist and we were raised in a Buddhist household but I was never practicing like I I would say my siblings don't really practice Um, but I knew there was always like a concept of God um, and I just never really thought about it until maybe I was like 19 20 Um, and I started looking into um, a lot of the religions and my best friends um, who were Christian I started looking into Christianity at the time and for me it just didn't I just didn't connect personally, um, to be honest. And then I started moving into like pretty much all of the other Abrahamic religions. So like Judaism, but I really, I never really got that far. And then, um, I became, um, drawn to Islam because it was sort of like in Indonesia, there are a lot of Muslims, but you don't know kind of like what that means. Um, if you're a non-Muslim in Indonesia, Um, so yeah, I started looking into that and I, I just got really drawn to its values and, you know, it's, it was a very simple religion to learn. Um, and I remember seeing this one YouTube video, which was amazing. It was like a, it was a really friendly debate or conversation really, um, between three, um, religious scholars from each of those religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And I was just blown away by the way um, that the Islamic representative or scholar talked about his religion and, like, the problems that society is facing today. I was like, wow, like, it pretty much debunked everything that I previously thought and thought I knew about Islam um, and how, like, the media represents it and stuff like that. I was like, oh, my God, like, this guy's, like, so woke and so gentle and so... Um, so true to his beliefs and you know just everything that the media doesn't portray it to be and then I kind of fell into a rabbit hole and then that was pretty much it (laughs) (laughs) and were your family accepting of you making this transition in your life um at first no because I think you know parents um in when they see change in their kids they're often a bit frightened Mm. um and for us like growing up in Indonesia there was there's sort of like a there's a history between like the Muslims there and like the Chinese Indonesians, which I am. Um, and so a lot of that kind of like, you know, it just, it just made the situation a little bit harder for my parents to come to accept it. Um, but over time, like it definitely got easier when, um, they started to see that like, I'm still the same person. I've started to become more positive and, you know, embodying like greater values. And I've started to become one with the identity um, then yeah, like they've, they've totally come around and like, it's really great to feel that support. Um, especially when it like was a little bit like iffy before. So yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah. So how do you think your personal identity and values shape your content? Oh, I think the, the main reason why I started the food blog was because when I was in that process of finding myself, I didn't, I didn't know much about halal food and 
like I was always a foodie. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming from eating every single thing in the world to like, you know, suddenly there's like a little bit of restrictions in terms of what you can eat and what you can't. I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm supposed to eat now. Like, is it just kebabs and HSPs? Like, that was literally my thinking. (laughs) Um, And then, no, I started looking into it and I was like, wow, like, um, there's actually so much more, like, on the table for halal food. And I wanted to inspire people that were sort of on the same journey, kind of like educating them that, hey, like, you've made this change, but there's still so many options out there. Um, And also for, like, the Muslim community as well, I wanted to broaden their mindset to say, like, look, halal food isn't just, like, your your skewers or, like, your kebabs and, like, your fatouche salad and stuff like that. It's also, you know, there's halal dim sum now, which is crazy. Um, And a lot of these small businesses as well that, um, you know, make make things from their home country and make it halal and everything to kind of accommodate for the community. So, yeah, just, like, broadening their horizons, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, Yeah. And for those who don't know what halal means, can you explain that a little bit to me? Yeah. um, Halal basically means um, permissible. So I'm sure you know, but like Muslims, we don't eat pork and we don't drink. And I think that's sort of the main things that we don't eat in terms of like everyday stuff. Um, but there are obviously other things. And the, the foodie page is kind of like a guide um, in terms of like showcasing like, yes, we don't eat like pork or we don't eat, um, we don't drink, but we can still have like so many other things. And like it, it kind of like breaks the barriers of like, oh my gosh, halal food is just like one thing. It's not, it's like, it's got everything. You can still have like delicious cupcakes and cakes and, you know, all that jazz. Um, but halal just means permissible. So, yeah. Why is that important, I guess, for um, surrounding communities to know? Yeah. Um, surrounding communities as in like outside of the Muslim yeah. community. It's important to know because I think we still, there's so much to learn from each other. And I think, you know, given the, the past and how Muslims were represented, um, it, it allows relationships to form. You know, like we're not some scary, like terrorist person. Mm-hmm. We're, we're literally just human beings and we just live a, a different way. Sorry, I forgot to say, like when we say halal um, with the meat as well, um, we also like we slaughter it in the name of God because we believe that God has provided us with this good. And so when we're taking that life away, it, like we sort of have to kind of credit God to do that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of educating, um, I guess the outer like community that it humanizes us in a way. Like, I don't know how to explain that. Definitely. But, yeah. Um, so did you go through any challenges when you started your food blog? Did you have anyone questioning? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. First challenge is money because yeah. <laughs> you're going out and eating a lot. But no, um, I think the greater challenge is, you know, as a creator, you're always going to feel unmotivated sometimes. There's always going to be waves where you literally feel, where you doubt yourself and where you feel like, oh, God, like, what am I even doing this for? You know? I feel that yeah I feel that so much I swear last week I was having like a full mental breakdown to Peter and being like I can't do this yeah I cannot do this and he was like post it up because I (laughs) well I don't know when this is going to be released but yeah um when I was releasing my trailer I really went through that imposter syndrome where I just didn't believe in myself and I was really questioning why I was starting this podcast but yeah, how do you get over that um, unmotivational state that you get into? I think, you know, 
it, it's it's so weird because like nothing actually changes but the mindset and it almost like you know it, it's almost your body telling you that you need a bit of a break and you need a little bit of a refresh and recharge so go do something different you know go out spend some time with your friends I think like I watched the new Batman and I was like oh okay like oh my god I feel better like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and then um and then suddenly you have all these ideas again and then you're like, oh okay like this is why um I wanted to do it in the first place and you know when you recharge yourself that's also um that that brings that brings us back to the whole passion side of things like it, it is a true passion that you're trying to trying to fulfill and act upon like um you know you're doing what you love and yes like acknowledging that I am tired and I'm burnt out but you know coming back to it after a break it's you know you gotta love what you do and that just naturally will come mm-hmm. I think yeah so we both love to post about food but in different ways yeah how would you describe your content my content I would say my content is um I try to keep it as authentic as possible so I'm on Instagram and um on Instagram it's very very easy to retouch photos and filters and whatnot um something that I really wanted to do for my food blog was um try to keep it like try to keep the food pics as authentic as possible so not so much editing it um like I do edit the lighting and stuff like that to kind of you know obviously beautify it a little but in turn like I've seen some food food bloggers that literally paste like a whole filter on it and it's like that's not even what um it's supposed to look like so I wanted to really highlight the beauty of the food that's been given to me in front of me um and I also wanted to make my reviews um very like positive um but very real and authentic so if there is a problem um I would you know state it in a very constructive way and often um I would get in touch with the business as well to say like look like um you know is there something that you can do about this and like it's a very healthy respectful relationship and also with um the stories that I create just trying to you know like I said um broaden the mindsets of the audience um yeah just just have fun with it really yeah yeah and for people who don't know what goes into the process of being I guess a foodie yeah what does it look like to you what is the I guess the process of getting to that final result yeah yeah so it it kind of varies but I would say most of the time um, I have a list already um or I'll, I'll just have it have an occasion where my friend asks me to go out to a place that I've never been before and I'm like oh this is a great opportunity to shoot some content hope you're okay with that and most of, most of the time they are um so yeah then I'll go to the place um we'll order our food and I try to make I try to highlight really interesting foods or foods that um you know look really attractive um just like with pops of color and stuff like that um, and I'll order that, I'll take photos before I eat, obviously making sure that my guests are okay with that. Um, and I'll basically have like a whole bunch of photos, like hundreds of photos in my camera roll. Um, and then I'll go on and retouch the lighting and I'll post it with like a review of the experience. So I also talk about um, service and like um, value for money in my posts um, and any other bits and bobs that might be relevant for my audience. So yeah, just things like that. And that's just posts, though. Reels are a bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know outside of your food blog, you do work in a creative space as well. What has that kind of taught you about um, content scheduling oh, and yeah. things like that? Oh, working. So outside of outside of this, I work um, in a university environment and our team, um, we basically filter a lot of the comms that goes out to students Um, And luckily, my team um, is very, very productive and very collaborative. 
Um, and we work in a way that like each individual has um, their own responsibility. So there'll be a social media coordinator, there'll be an email coordinator, there'll be a videographer in the house as well. Um, and through that, you kind of learn through almost osmosis, like, okay, this is how this person does it. And like this person does it. And in a way that kind of shapes the content that you build as well. Um, and I'll always tap them on the shoulder and be like, oh, is there a better way to do this? Obviously, you know, professionally, it's not my expertise. Um, so I wanted to get their kind of ideas um, and advice on how to improve my content and make it more engaging. And nine times out of 10, they'll have amazing ideas. Um, and like, I always act upon them, like if they provide me with a spectacular idea. Do you feel you're more creative because you're surrounded by creative oh, yeah. people? Absolutely. Like, I think we're... Yeah, definitely. If you if you want to do something, surround yourself with people with the same mindset or are, um, you know, acting the way that you, you want to act. Um, yeah, so definitely if you want to start, you know, content creating, um, get in touch with people already, um, you know, that have built a name or like that are just starting as well um, in the community and just ask them for advice. Like, not, like most of the time that I do, you know, ask for advice, they, they provide it to me. Like they're, they're more than happy to provide and share what they've learned over the years. So yeah, surround yourself with good people, good energy as well. Um, people that are really supportive of you. Um, I think that's most important, that support. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was leaving high school, I didn't even think about creative pathways. I didn't know about them because I didn't really get taught about them. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Were you similar or oh, did yeah. you always know that you no. were going? Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. I think growing, like in high school, I mean, fair enough. Like, you know, you don't want to bombard like a little 15 year old with their endless life choices, which is, you know, totally fair. Um, and when I went into uni, I full on, I, I think I watched Suits one day and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a corporate marketing person because <laughs> I wanted to travel the world. And that was my thinking. Um, and then luckily I, I ended up studying something that I like would end up using a lot. Um, so digital marketing, um, and yeah, it was, it was, I was very lucky to do that. But I think, um, you know, if you're young, definitely talk to people that, um, already established or someone who's already working in the field that you like, or just ask questions. I think, I think that's sort of how you navigate your way through life. Just asking questions. If you're curious, just follow that interest and, you know, have those um, open conversations with people. Mm, yeah. Amazing. So what is a piece of advice that you've been told or something that you've recently learned that has helped you become a more creative person? I think to just, oh, I don't, I can't remember advice to be honest, but um, yeah, some, I think something that my partner's always told me is like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. You know, like with everything, with life, mm-hmm. you know, like the worst that can happen with me starting a food blog is, that, you know, I lose money and it doesn't mm-hmm. go well. <laughs> <laughs> I feel exactly yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I think a lot of money goes into the food. I think <laughs> a lot of people assume that I don't yeah. pay yeah. for my food and I'm like, girlies I pay for all of this it's like yeah I'm just doing it for fun but Mm -hmm. it has turned into a little bit of a a business yeah Yeah. a side hustle so that is amazing as well yeah it is but yeah it was amazing to have you on 
I am so glad that you have come on because you honestly inspire me so Aww, much. And you, thank you talking to you is always so um, inspirational, and you always motivate me Aww, as well. So thank you. likewise, I'm so glad to be on your podcast. <laughs> When you invited me, because I was like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) You are a creative person and you've shown that. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, thank you for coming. No problem. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode with Nikita. I hope you learned a little bit about different cultures and backgrounds and self-growth journeys as well. I remember... When I first started talking to Nikita, I felt so drawn to her story and I hope you guys felt that as well. Once again, I love you guys so much. Please, if you liked this episode, like and subscribe. I will see you next time. See ya.